I don't think it's easy for anyone to find uh, great staff. Uh, I think where that comes into play is training. Uh, and you're just not going to get them overnight. You're going to have to hire good people with strong work ethics and be willing to, to teach them what they don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm always working on something. Uh, I, I really uh, have, have found excitement and fulfillment and developing new restaurant concepts and you know menus and operating systems and that's that's really kind of where I get excited it's the culinary school podcast presented by the culinary school of Fort Worth here's your host James Creange welcome to the culinary school podcast I'm your host James Creange today I'm joined by Marcus Pazlay the chef owner of both Clay Pigeon and Piatello in Fort Worth. Thanks so much for coming on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, So I want to start off with a quote uh, from Connie Gentry in Food News Feed. She wrote about you. Uh, She said, there aren't many chefs I'd send into my grandmother's kitchen, but Marcus Pazley is one of them. Uh, That's because uh, they'd see eye to eye on what it means to be cooking from scratch. So what did she mean by that, and why is cooking from scratch so important to you? Yeah, well, first off, that's a pretty nice comment. Um, Yeah, thank you. Uh, (laughs) So cooking from scratch, you know, to me is is about a few different things. Number one, it's making things um, from start to finish, right? So it's buying whole ingredients, whole products, processing them yourselves, and turning that into food. Uh, So, for instance, we make our own pasta. So we're, we're putting together flour eggs, water, salt to make pasta. We're not boiling already made pasta that came in a box. So it's those sort of differences that mean from scratch. And just because we do pasta from scratch doesn't mean we're a from scratch kitchen. That's like one one thing. Yeah. So we do it all. So we're making our own ice cream, we're making our own sourdough breads, making our own pasta, butchering our own meat, uh, buying whole vegetables and processing that down ourselves. So to me, that's what it means to be from scratch. Would you say that your background in hunting um, and kind of taking apart an animal uh, has to do with your want to uh, do that in your restaurants as well? Yeah, I think my background in in hunting and outdoors in general just gives you a a great respect for the ingredients you're using, Uh, whether it be plant-based or animal-based. You just, you you earn a tremendous amount of respect for the raw ingredient. Uh, so total utilization, uh, care in in the way you process it and cook it uh, become very important when you've seen it, you know, alive. Uh, w- so you also have a, a business background as well as this hunting background. Um, what made you decide to stop pursuing your business degree at OU, uh, University of Oklahoma, and start pursuing a culinary degree in New York? Sure. Um, it, it just became one of those things where, I was uh, not f- extremely fulfilled doing what I was doing in college, um, you know, and and I've always wanted to to be a business owner. Um, I never really knew what that business was going to be until I started working in restaurants, you know, in college. And then I started relating all the courses I was taking in business t- to the restaurant industry, and it just became more and more obvious to me that that's that's the path I wanted to take. And then once I knew for certain that that was a viable career option and that's what I wanted to do and I knew, and I knew that was how I was going to be motivated and fulfilled, there was no point 
to for me to hold off any longer. So I, I left college and moved up to New York and got in the Culinary Institute of America and uh, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you said that you related a lot of the stuff with the business to uh, the restaurant industry. Did you have any kind of background in culinary arts or was it just what you found that your passion was? Yeah, no, no, no background previous to, to, to that. No, I just, I always loved cooking, but like I said, I never really thought it as a viable career. Uh, so, so once I kind of got deeper into it and really started working in restaurants, I definitely caught the bug and, and, uh, decided that's the path I was going to take. So tell me a little bit about your time after college, um, as a working tourist, cause that's uh, not a phrase I've ever really heard before. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, my wife and I, you know, we got married about halfway through, uh, my culinary program and we knew we wanted to travel. We knew, you know, the first 10 years of, of marriage, we're, we're probably not going to make good money. <laughs> we're going to be poor. So we might as well pick areas that we wanted to see in the country and, and live as cheaply as possible, work, work and gain knowledge that we could. And I think that was really the only way we were going to see, you know, different areas of the country was to actually move there, get a job and experience it in our off time. It wasn't like we were going to be able to take vacations there. So, um, yeah, after New York, we, we moved up to Alaska for a little while and then, you know, spent time in Seattle and, and, uh, Vail, Colorado and Hawaii and, and, um, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth. So we, we bounced around there for about 10, 12 years. How much would you say that you learned from working all over the country with all different styles of cooking and, and how much of that do you implement into Clay Pigeon and Piatello today? Quite a bit. Um, you know, I think with culinary school, it certainly gained a lot of foundational knowledge and then uh, built on that with all the travels and working in different places. I mean, I think traveling is one of the greatest education you can provide yourself. So if you ever have that opportunity, you know, I highly suggest it. It just gives you a, a better perspective or, and or a different perspective um, to when approaching food or, or anything, really. I won't ask you what your favorite place you went was because I've traveled around and, and I hate when people ask me that because it's impossible to narrow it down. Sure. Um, but do you have like a really memorable experience? Um, is there one that maybe sticks out more than others? Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a, a lot of great experiences, worked in a lot of great places. Uh, very fortunate to, to get some really outstanding jobs on that, on that path. Um, I think when I was in Seattle – worked at a restaurant called Canless, which is a phenomenal restaurant, number one. It's, I think it's third or fourth generation family owned. Um, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful building. And they were in the process of, of turning that restaurant from what used to be a steakhouse into a truly fine dining restaurant. Um, and, and it truly is now <laughs> and, a, and a fine dining restaurant. I mean, they're doing everything uh, in all aspects of the restaurant at the highest level. Uh, so I think that's experience, um, rings pretty, pretty soundly. I mean, it was just, it was awesome to be immersed in that sort of culture of excellence and, and learn quite a bit. 
Yeah, and, and I actually I had uh, looked up some pictures of uh, Canlis before this, and it is a beautiful place. That's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> so you have those experiences there. You were in Colorado. You're in Hawaii. I mean, these are all beautiful parts of the country. Um, and I'm not saying Fort Worth isn't, but what made you decide that this was the place to settle down? Yeah, well, Fort Worth is home. Uh, my wife and I are both from Arlington. We always considered Fort Worth kind of our, our go-to city. Uh, always felt really comfortable here. And, and it's just, it feels like home to us. Uh, so when we found out we were pregnant and, you know, we're growing our family, we decided it's time, you know, to go home, be near family, put in some roots and, uh, and fulfill the dreams that we wanted to. Um, so let's talk a little bit about clay pigeon and, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you came back here in 2011, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not that much time before you've opened two restaurants here in Fort Worth. And I, we mentioned before that scratch cooking is really important to you. How much of what you do there is done in-house? Is everything done in-house at Clay Pigeon? And then uh, we'll talk about Piatello later. Sure, yeah. We opened up Clay Pigeon 2013, and everything we do is from house. Uh, There are, um, on our charcuterie board, there are, it's half made in-house, half bought. And as well as our cheeses, we make a couple, but we don't make them all. Um, And that's just, we don't have the facilities available to uh, cure prosciutto for 18 20 months <laughs> or or to make cheese and uh, and be able to do it safely so with those two exceptions uh, we do absolutely everything so it can't be that easy then right to find reliable staff that um, you can train quickly and and will know how to do all of these things yeah sure I, I mean I don't think it's any but any I don't think it's easy for anyone to find uh, great staff. I think where that comes into play is training. Uh, and you're just not going to get them overnight. You're going to have to hire good people with strong work ethics and be willing to, to teach them what they don't know. And that's what we do. Is that an exercise of patience for you? Is it, is it ever tough for you? Sure. It's getting easier. <laughs> In the beginning, it was very tough for me, but I, you know, now, um, it's, it's something that we kind of really enjoy doing, you know, cause I feel like we're, we're making a mark because when, when cooks or chefs leave our kitchen, they're absolutely better than they were when they got there. So I think that's a, a pretty cool thing to do. And what do you look for when you're hiring someone? I, I know we'll have some culinary students listen to this. Uh, what is it that you're searching for? Is it talent? Is it personality? What, what is it? That's a combination of things. I mean, every now and then you'll get a, a resume that's just loaded with great places. And um, certainly you have to have to pay attention to that and bring that person in and kind of feel them out. But ultimately, uh, we're hiring the person. So we want uh, a good, honest person uh, with a very strong work ethic because we do work very hard. Um, So if someone has that skill set and is willing to learn and willing to check their ego long enough to learn what they need to, then um, they're going to learn a lot at, at one of my restaurants. So Clay Pigeon, it's your first restaurant, opened in 2013, and it's one of the really successful ones. When you talk to people in Fort Worth, they mention Clay Pigeon uh, as one of those top restaurants. What are you most proud of about that restaurant? Uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud at uh, the role we play in progressing the food scene in Fort Worth. I think um, you know, we're, we're on this front edge of a tidal wave that's sweeping through the community of better and more qualified restaurants. Uh, so, so to kind of be on the front end of that and really be a part of a handful of people that are 
improving the dining scene is uh, something I'm, I look back on and, and will continue to look on as being very prideful about that. Yeah, I bet. I, I would uh, definitely, you know, I that would be awesome, like, to know that your name's stamped on that and people think of you. And I mean, yeah, you can I, always open a restaurant and, you know, hope the idea is that you're making money and you're profitable and all that. But at the same time, to be able to improve uh, the, the industry you're in, within the community you're in, that's pretty special. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that and, and major props to you for that. Um, so along with Clay Pigeon, you have another restaurant in Fort Worth that we've mentioned. Uh, Piatello uh, is an excellent Italian restaurant. And I'll say that I'm from New Jersey. I'm really picky about Italian yeah. food. I know I told you that, um, but I like Piatello a lot. Um, Thank you. And uh, I think that speaks to the quality of the food there. Uh, what gave you the idea though, to open this fine dining Italian place in Texas? Well, well, I mean, I, I want to steer away from fine dining. I, I think it's pretty casual, but it's certainly good food. Uh, the idea behind it was just really a void in the market. Uh, we, we have uh, plenty of what I call red sauce joints. So that's, you know, canned marinara sauce and box pasta and lasagna that comes pre-made that you're heating up. We, we've got a lot of that. Uh, we didn't need any more. But what I thought we were really missing was authentic Italian, not necessarily american italian but something you would find if you went to italy and uh that that sort of style of food is very attractive to me anyway because it's all handmade it there's a lot of love and care that goes into producing food like that and it's it's all about a small amount of high quality ingredients prepared properly it's not a lot of fuss now have you faced any struggles in getting people to see the difference between like why they would come eat with you as opposed to just that place with the red sauce and the boxed pasta? I mean, are people's palates around here refined enough uh, for that yet? Uh, some are, some aren't, you know. Uh, I think in the beginning it we dealt with it. Um, it was a little bit more difficult the first first few months. Uh, a lot of people didn't know who we were or what we were about. And you have a preconceived notion of when you go into an Italian restaurant around here of, of what you're going to get. So when when what you're thinking you're going to get isn't what you get, <laughs> you know, that there's a rub there. So there's obvious, obvious friction with a diner. Um, but I think now, you know, people know that we are a, a quality driven, authentic Italian restaurant and they can come there and get great pasta, great seafood, uh, great pizza and all the stuff that you would find all over Italy. I love uh, the bolognese at that place, I think, uh, is the best. That's yeah. my favorite thing to get at an Italian restaurant. Um, did you bring in any outside consultants um, to get the menu right, or did you feel like you had a good idea of, of what you wanted the concept to be? Well, the, the menu really is a, is a great collaboration, uh, mostly of our chef, Scott Lewis, our executive chef there. He has, he's got a great Italian background and very extensive knowledge in Italian food. And our general manager there, uh, Kellen Hamra, he, he has an incredible background and specifically with, with Italian food as well. So those two guys, myself, kind of getting together, uh, developing menu items and tailoring that to our clientele is how we really came about it. And it's funny you mentioned that Tagatelli Bolognese. That, that was one of our biggest problem dishes in the beginning. Huh. Because around here, when you, when you put bolognese on a menu, people assume that's a tomato-based dish you know it's like a meat ragu kind of thing mm -hmm. well, it's, it's not a ragu at all it's a it's a bolognese made <laughs> it made in bologna you know so in that style there are no tomatoes so i think w in the beginning when that would go to the table people are like what is this 
<laughs> and why did you put this in front of me? But uh, we made a few changes on the verbiage of the menu to kind of explain that it's a traditional bolognese and, and you know, a little education there. And, and I think people are very receptive to it now. Yeah. Do you ever get people asking you about the menu? Like, you know, what does this mean? Or, um, you know, why, why would you do something like that? Like, are you finding that it's pretty educational for people? Yeah. I mean, I think part of part of trying to advance the culinary scene here is not just doing better food, but educating the people that are coming into your restaurants. And you want it to be comfortable and, and inviting. So it's, you're not lecturing anybody, you know. Um, but there are terms and, and, and things on the menu, whether it be food or wine, that just aren't common knowledge. And, and that's okay. You know, ask your server. They'll know all about it. So how much um, of your job right now is front of the house and how much is uh, back in the kitchen? Um, you know, it, now I, I do more operation stuff, uh, kind of floating between the two restaurants. Um, you know, fortunately, we have very capable and competent leadership at both restaurants. So that allows me to communicate with our general managers and our chefs, making sure that you know, everyone is doing their part and, uh, and making the restaurants happen. So one of the big differences, uh, besides the menu, obviously, but between Clay Pigeon and Piatello is that Piatello is open, um, for lunch as well as dinner. Did that kind of take you out of your comfort zone there? You know, a little bit, but not too much. Um, yeah, I mean, Clay Pigeon's closed on Sundays. It's dinner only six days a week. Uh, Piatello is open seven days a week. We do lunch every day, brunch on Sundays and Saturdays. So I think it, it wasn't a struggle in terms of, you know, what do we put on the menu or how do we do this? But it's just a lot more hours of operation, which means more staff and, and um, everything that goes with that. So operationally and logistically speaking, it, it's a little bit more complicated, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, now, would you say that you're happy with your two restaurants here? Or do you think, is there another restaurant concept brewing up in your head? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm always working on something. Um, I, I really uh, have, have found excitement and fulfillment and um, developing new restaurant concepts and, you know, menus and operating systems. And that's, that's really kind of where I get excited. And uh, I'm, yeah, I've always got an iron in the fire somewhere <laughs> on something. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, I feel like how I would be because yeah. that's, you know, I, I'm always, got thoughts going and stuff so yeah i uh, think uh, you know like like cooks you know they you start cooking you really get into it from that adrenaline aspect of of being in a kitchen and going through a a a busy service and you know you kind of progress into ownership and and now that sort of rush and adrenaline fulfillment comes through opening restaurants (laughs) (laughs) and all the stress that goes with that for the years to come. That's funny. Uh, So I've got one more question for you to wrap things up. Um, And it's one that I like to ask all of the chefs that come on here. Um, How difficult is it for you to have a life outside of the restaurant when the hours and the work of the restaurant are so demanding? It's very difficult. Uh, And, and it's as difficult as you want it to be, I guess. Uh, You, you know, you've got two sides of sacrifices to make, um, but we're we're very prideful about the product we serve uh, from a service and food standpoint at restaurants. So that requires a lot of attention, um, and my name's on all of that. So I'm I'm very present in both restaurants. Uh, that obviously, you know, you have to sacrifice some some home life for that. 
Uh, but we, we do what we can to make it work. Luckily, I have a great wife who's supportive. Um, you know, if I have to skip out in the middle of the day to, to run to a dance recital or t-ball practice or something like that, you know, I, I can do that and then get back to the restaurant for service time. Um, I, I try to always take Sundays and Mondays off and, and have a legitimate weekend um, so that, you know, we can spend time with the family. And it's just a matter of when you do have the time to utilize it well. So sorry, I've, I've actually got one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what advice would you give to young chefs? Um, and, and you went through the struggles. You went through the 10 years of travel and not making much money and all those struggles. And now you're at, you know, not the top, but you're at success, right? So um, I'm sure you're always striving to get better. So I wouldn't say the top yet. Right. Yeah, sure. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone ever gets to the top. Yeah, exactly. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what advice would you give to someone from that starting from that point A to point B? But, um, you know, if, if you're at the ground level right now, uh, my advice is to, uh, not breathe, not be afraid of no, you know, the worst thing anyone can tell you is no. And that's not, that's not that bad. Uh, you just go to the next person and ask. Uh, you take that attitude with a very strong work ethic and the the ability to adapt and um, and just keep your eyes open and, and learn as much as you can. And and that's I mean that's what we did and so far so good. <laughs> well, awesome! Thank you so much for coming on, Marcus. I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, and uh, I think this was uh, will be really educational as well. Great. Well, yeah, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks again to Marcus Pazley for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate him coming out and giving his time to do that. Like I said, Piatello, really good Italian restaurant. I'm very picky about my Italian food, so go check that out. I haven't had the chance to eat at Clay Pigeon yet, but I'm sure if Piatello is any indication, it's just as delicious. So go ahead and check out those two restaurants um, maybe this coming weekend. Uh, try something new in Fort Worth this weekend and, and go support um, a local chef here. So if you like this podcast and want to hear some of our other podcasts, you can go find those on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, just hit that subscribe button there on iTunes. Just search Culinary School Podcast. You'll find us. We'll be the first thing that pops up. Uh, You'll see the little logo with the pan and the flame like you're seeing right now. And uh, just click on that, click on subscribe, and you will be uh, automatically updated every time that we upload a new podcast. Um, You can even have the feature set up where it'll download right to your phone every time we've got a new one. We've got the podcast coming out uh, once every other week, so you'll definitely want to hit that subscribe um, to keep up to date with all of those. You can also follow us. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. On Instagram, it's at Culinary School FTW. That's Culinary School FTW. And on Instagram, you can just search, or um, I'm sorry, on Facebook, you can search the Culinary School of Fort Worth and you'll find us. This way you can stay up to date with all of our pictures and our videos, um, as well as some articles we think you guys would like and uh, articles actually that I'm going to start writing. So um, you can stay up to date with everything going on with the school if you just go ahead and follow us um, on both of those social media sites. So I'm going to stop with this long-winded little bit of talk here. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And we will be back in two weeks.